Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, friends. It's Amber here reminding you to join our Patreon. We always have little exclusive content in our Patreon, adding more as we go. And one of the things that we do for our Patreon is a book giveaway. So this month's book for the month of August, The Lesson by Cadwell Turnbull, goes to, drum roll please, Ben and I will post a video of us doing this. Tia, 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 Tia. It's like sister, sister, but it's just me and Tia. No Tamara. Uh, she's a little annoying anyway. You do your research. But anyway, Tia, we are so happy, happy, happy to be giving you the book, The Lesson by Cadwell Turnbull. I will DM you on our Patreon site so we can get that book to you safely. Additionally, patrons, if you didn't win today, you still have an opportunity. Next month, we will be raffling off or giving away, rather, Nicole Glover's book, The Conductors. So be sure to join our Patreon. Support us there if you can. And let's get started with the show. Mic check, mic check. Mic check, Basa Honda beat. I was on my own, that's the way it was. That's the way it was. You were good on your own for a faded fuck. For a faded fuck. No, I'm about to, I'm, I'm leaving that in there. Oh, I thought we were doing a mic check. No. We're not. I told you, we're starting the show. Can Welcome to the Sci Fi Side. Put your mouth closer to the mic the way I like it. Oh my God, Ben. Be nasty. Here I go. I'm talking about you putting your mouth. You're the mind ben, in the gutter. But but people at home don't mind. see how you're looking at me. All right, here you go. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci under the Believe Podcast Network, a podcast about black science fiction, fantasy, and staying on the same page of our marriage. Today is episode 46, and we'll be discussing the book The Lesson by Cadwell Turnbull. Now, we've been talking about this book all month, so we're gonna say it again. There will be spoilers for this beautiful. <laughs> there will be spoilers for this book. I was about to say beautiful book. Uh, so please beautiful be sure to book. mute the episode and just, you know, if you haven't read the book yet, please do because we stand this book. Before we get started, another way, uh, if you if you broke and you <laughs> if you broke and you know it, clap your hands. Another way that you can <laughs> support us is by uh, not supporting our Patreon if you're broke. That was the joke there. But you can write an Apple podcast rating free of charge. So here's one fun one that we're going to read. Ben, are you ready for this? Actually, Ben, I want you to read it. I'll be talking a lot. You read it. The best way to end my day is the title from Mad 1023. I love the this couple so much. Amber and I are so alike. Watching on TikTok, I would scroll for hours crying, laughing. Imagine my excitement when I found there was a podcast full of their hilarious personalities. This podcast truly is my favorite way to end my long days. Oh, that's really sweet. I know. Aren't they kind? Thank you, Mad1023. Thank you, Mad1023. All right. Before we get started talking about the lesson, um, the, the hottie with the body... Benjamin Wallen, he chose this book. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about why you chose this novel, The Lesson, because we do have so many books to choose from. I, you know, my DMs are packed with people sending me their books and recommending me books. Um, some of those DMs are packed with people saying things I should review that we've already reviewed on the show. That's okay. I still love them. So why don't you talk a little bit about why we chose this book? Yeah. So The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy interviewed Cadwell Turnbull, uh, I think 2019. And Cadwell was just like a sweet, a sweet, a sweet, like a peach, a, sweet peach, a sweet peach. He was very like sweet, kind, wonderful human and very humble. And Amber 
and I are very busy. So the lesson wasn't a super long novel. And so that was also the draw to it. And yeah, he just, the interview, which we'll put in our notes is really fantastic. And he's definitely like a nerd, you know, and he went to um, Clarion, which is like the premier science fiction uh, writer um, sort of uh, workshopping. And N.K. Jemisin was the teacher that year. And he just talked about like fanboying over N.K. Jemisin. And it was just like, just a really like sweet dude. Um, And yeah, also like a, a very like huge you know science fiction nerd type of person which a a few weeks ago um i finally like pulled amber into the realm of like the things of my boyhood that really in in my you know early college years that pulled me into science fiction and in this book there's a boy derek and his room has like battlestar galactica poster on it and i have been (sighs) freaking out about battlestar galactica because i rediscovered the board game and i've made amber go back and start watching the entire series with me and i also made you watch the matrix you did so let's back up let's let let me back up real quick so why don't you tell people what geeks guide to the galaxy is and then i want you to give us a 30 second breakdown of like why you are obsessed with battlestar galactica because you know that's all i hear all the time if you watch the tiktok that's only a fraction of how much Battlestar he talks about. So what's Geek's Guide to the Galaxy? Because you referenced that and then talk about BSG. Yeah, Geek's Guide to the Galaxy is a science fiction interview show that deals with like panels on science fiction shows, but also interviewing authors as well. And the guy who runs it, David Barr Kirtley, is really fantastic. I've been listening to the show for like years now. came out in 2010. And yeah, a huge fan. It's uh, sort of syndicated, syndicated or put out through Wired, the magazine, which is a, like a tech magazine. Highly recommend it if you're into sort of like the behind the scenes of science fiction writing or really deep conversations. It's not like super funny, like Amber and I. <laughs> uh, Amber's like, our I, show is not funny enough. You want our shit to be like Geek's Guy. And I was I like, know, I, I have can't a huge do it. crush on this man. He's really sweet. He's like, David Barkertley is like the interviewer. Uh, and he interviews, you know, lots of people. And I, he, he he talks about how, his, how his, uh, his voice was like too dry. And people were like, you need to perk up your voice in his earlier episodes. So I can I, agree with that. I've listened to like all his episodes. And it's nice to see him like progress as a podcaster for sure and yeah he does he does i mean the sound quality is the fucking shit it is just as an interviewer he i I will say that he's gotten better but whenever we're on our like road trips and you're like put on geek's guide i'm like let me let me lean back amber's like if it doesn't have gossip in there i don't want (laughs) it i don't want to listen amber is obsessed with gossip amber will fabricate gossip to make her life more interesting i'm not obsessed with gossip I like good delivery and you good storytelling. You literally listen to Who Weekly. It is Everybody a, listens to Who Weekly. It's a gossip podcast. Everybody listens to Who Weekly. Everybody listens to The Read. Well, they make it interesting. It's not just like Kardashian drama. They have like classifications of different celebrities and like giving us random facts that we do care, we don't care about. They have their own show lingo okay. and things like that. Just admit it. You're an old church lady at heart. 
You're an old I, now. I'll own that Southern but black also, church lady at heart. That is that. that is what you that that's like the little person that lives inside your your. It's the big your, person, your but bury that. But the thing is, like, they're all like with with church, right? There's all these other elements that make it great too. It's like the great gospel and the the gospel, and so the, gossip the singing, gospel. the singing, and then to hear something great come out of that. The, the the church tea is just like behind the scenes like it's just interesting people our whole this is tea this is a form of gossip right. like if you like what we put out on other content this is like a long form way to learn even more about us so good like what's the difference between like gossip and storytelling like what's really the difference there isn't there isn't i'm not i'm just saying yeah what is, yeah that's the big question what is gossip gossip is a tone gossip has a tone to it you know and a delivery like, and a delivery and you, that's fine i think it it's a it's a genre of storytelling it's a genre of podcasting i'm just saying you prefer that than like getting into the nitty gritty of you know mind transference or the nitty gritty of you know writing science fiction short stories or you know okay I, so I here's a challenge for you Talk to me about Battlestar Galactica in a gossipy way. You got 30 seconds. Oh, my God. So it has so much to say about the Iraq war. When the Iraq war was at, in its full-flung nature, uh, there's, I mean, it's, it, Battlestar Galactica has a lot of fucking gossip in it. The show okay, itself. spill some yeah. of that tea. Spill some of that tea. I mean, the whole idea of Cylons yes, and... Go and humans and like are you a cylon or not it really makes you look at people differently you know you're like okay are you here or are you a sleeper agent you're secretly a cylon okay but you give don't me know one 30 second example that would draw me into this story i mean you, you're giving me the broad thing give me literally one character's name and make it like a gossip that's the challenge uh, sh- sure um starbuck is this badass woman who falls in love with like the sh- the sh- the the ship's captain's son but they actually end up breaking apart Ooh. and you know it's good in the later seasons sorry like you, you 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 know you haven't gotten to the later seasons yet but it's coming it's so fucking good uh-oh see that even that just sparked it a little bit but yeah. when you try to talk like pie in the sky okay but, give me okay okay so here's even better gossip mm. in the 1970s there was original bsg and it's like awful i I haven't even watched an episode. Just everybody I talk and trust says don't even watch it. But the Starbuck in that show was a man. And when he found out the Starbuck in the new one was going to be a woman, he was he went all misogynistic and was like, Starbuck should have been a man and all this fucking bullshit. Uh, mm. Anyway, but she's that just Katie, made me Katie watch Sackhoff. It. Katie Sackhoff is fucking awesome. She's also in The Mandalorian. Huge, huge fan. Anyway, enough about BSG. Let's get into the lesson, which does have a BSG reference, and I was right. so excited, and a Stargate reference, so I was excited about that, which you need to at least watch the first movie. Well, that's what we were. That's what got us talking about Battlestar Galactica, not just your obsession. This book did. So why don't you give a summary on the lesson? Yeah. So basically, these motherfucking aliens show up, period, and they give us all the shit we need you know, resources, energy, and they show up. Like a la space traders, if you've been rocking with us. Yeah, yeah. And, but there's no, you know, trade-off to like give us all your black people to turn them into slaves, which is what the space traders is about. Anyway, uh, they show up to the Virgin Islands and they give, you know, they give humans technology. They give them uh, cures for cancer and illnesses. And 
the only thing there's just just a little there's thing a little trade off is that whenever the aliens who walk around in this skin suit they sort of have they're like a fish kind of culture water culture and so they have tentacles on their head and like gills and stuff um and like a shell so they walk around in human shells and whenever they are met with any kind of um aggression from humans they respond and appropriately i think uh, I we'll mean, talk about that if you think that's appropriate amber i we mean to nuck reevaluate our it's marriage. called nuck if you buck if you're coming at me with that bullshit i can respond so not me because i'm like you know a punk the, the first the aliens <laughs> the first time the little asterisk uh, the first time we hear about this thing that the aliens do is that um a man has his dog unleashed and the dog like runs out to this alien why am i laughing this is not funny the dog runs out to the alien and the alien picks up the dog and br- splits the dog in half and yep. there's like blood and guts everywhere and basically there is a alien female bodied a suit wearer named mira and she is the ambassador and so when this man comes up and says, hey, one of yours, one of the Ina, the name of the aliens. Yeah, like Y-N-A-A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the aliens killed my dog. She was like, okay, was your dog leashed? Like, Period. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick because uh, since we're getting into it, Ben, this is like some a funny side story, but it, it does connect, I promise. Do you remember when we got into that Uber like about a month ago? We get into this Uber and the Uber driver is listening to a full judge judy episode right do you remember this oh it was one of my favorite it, we were in the back seat and i Amber remember loves I, judge judy of course everybody loves judith shindlin okay so we're we're in the back seat <laughs> we're listening to judge judy and of course we both get in the car like are we seriously not listening to the radio right now we're listening to a full episode of judge judy but then we actually start listening to the episode of judge judy and it's this woman trying to sue because her dog is now dead because her unleashed dog went into the neighbor's yard and that dog killed it. You remember? No. It was no, like pit bulls or something. Sorry. There was two two of her dogs right. got unleashed, went to a neighbor's dog and started attacking that neighbor's dog. Right. That neighbor's, uh, so the, the two unleashed dogs got out of their house and attacked the neighbor's dog on their property. Right. And it started running after, like, um, their daughter. Correct. So the man walked out of the house, tried to, like, shoo away the dogs, but then he went and got his gun and killed the two dogs that transgressed on his property. All right, go for it. So that happened in human life. I, I listened on really judge carefully. Judy, right. I was like, st- I, I hate those judge shows. But for whatever reason, the story of that like drew me in. It was basically oh, court TV is popping. It, it's, it's a sweet spot because like literally every babysitter I ever had was always watching Just Judy, including my grandmother. I was really gonna hope you would say every babysitter I had was on Judge Judy. That would oh been no, fun. that would have been yeah. way cooler. I'll I'll lie about that in another stand up set or something. But oh, one of my friends actually was on Judge Mathis. Oh, anyway, so if if in human life, aka on Judge Judy. A human responded to somebody's belligerent dog by shooting and killing that dog. Why is it so absurd that an alien would rip a dog in half? It's a form of killing the dog. Yeah. No, I, I'm there with you. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, 
I, I don't think Mira, the uh, alien ambassador, was way out of range when she was like, well, why was your dog unleashed running about? But also, I really don't know the landscape of the Virgin Islands. Maybe it's a culture where people know everybody's dogs. And it's um, Cadwell Turnbull did a really great job of sort of painting a picture of the Virgin Islands and making it feel like that small, intimate way, like, at one point in the story, there was like some gossip going back to gossip, right? There was some gossip that was happening at that point. The whole island knew, you know, a lot like those small towns, like everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah. And and sorry, there was one last thing is that when the aliens do this to humans, they say like, we're here to teach you a lesson, mm-hmm. which is the lesson, right? And the aliens are here. We're not really sure why they are here, but they're staying here until they are done with finding what they need to find and also teaching humans the lesson, which right. is not not very clear. It does involve them doing really like egregious acts of violence, well, intense, mm-hmm. intense violence when they're met with any human ag- aggression. But uh, to that thing, the first, you know, let's get into like the first impressions of it. Mm-hmm. To your point, Amber, I learned a lot about the VI, like standing for Virgin Islands, which I did not know that people were referred to the Virgin Islands as VI. But also I learned he, there's some cutbacks because Mira has been on Earth for a very long time. And she's uh, been on the Virgin Islands when there was slavery and she's worked on a plantation. And so th- there's sort of these jump scenes back and forth. And so you learn a little bit of the history. And I was like, wow, this is really embarrassing that I don't know anything about the u.s virgin islands yeah uh and it was a it was an educational experience as well but you were talking about like learning just about island culture in general right Mm -hmm. like you were talking about the light thing yeah so um i i just love when you can tell an author is either born and raised there or has lived there for a significant period of time. Um, because I have, you know, I'm an expert because I've been to St. Croix one time and then I've been to Jamaica once as well. Um, very different though. But there is this, if you've ever visit an island, whether you stay on a resort or on the outskirts of town, there is this whole culture of like island time and things moving the way that they need to like things never starting on time. And there's also this, uh, you know, those smaller spaces sometimes don't get all of the resources that we have here, like on the mainland or so there will be like rolling blackouts and things like that. And the book did a good job sort of covering, you know, just as something suspenseful would happen in the book, you might get like a blackout or something that you're like, is this because the aliens or is this because of just like, the resources so I like Cadwell obviously did an incredible job like painting a really great vivid description of his hometown I'll also say if you're somebody who like struggled visually thinking about uh or or maybe you haven't read it or maybe you have but if you're if you're thinking like hmm what are these aliens like I was grateful that we watched Luca on Pixar before because that really gave me sort of like a visual in my mind with the aliens and also the aliens. I don't know. The aliens felt very black to me because they were being prosecuted. I mean, everybody in the story is black, but they were being prosecuted for no reason for just walking around being different. Like even today on Instagram, I saw this video of this white lady about to go up and touch this black lady's hair. And she was like, no, no, no. So there's this level of like, you can't just like roll up on somebody's space not expecting any 
pushback or whatever. Like I've had people just put their hand in my hair and obviously I didn't like rip them in half. But there's a part of me that's like, maybe. Oh, I thought you were going to say there was a part of me thinking maybe I'd rip them in half. Right. Or at least rip off their arm that they touched. Yeah, it's just like like you can't just roll up on people or even this is a sidebar as well, but this whole show is kind of a sidebar sometimes. Like even on either TikTok or YouTube or whatever, whenever I see prank videos, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting older, but I'm like, don't be, I, I'm cool. Like, I'm, I'm not going to flex. Like, I didn't do prank calls back in the day. Like, literally, me and my brother Aaron would spend whole Saturday nights, like, in the phone book, in the phone book. Like, you remember the Yellow Pages? Just, like, calling random people and prank calling them. I do remember, though, that you made me watch, like, an hour of Prank Yankers Prank Yankers being Prank I Yankers. Never it's had, so funny. I never heard of this show. And you're like, sit down, man, and watch this show with me. First off, what am I, like, a freaking... <laughs> A, a civil war vet grandpa what voice was that sorry it was like the old like my old voice because you were reminiscing you're like oh i love oh doing gosh. this when i was a child come ben you were homeschooled and, now you just and ignorant like a turtle. oh my gosh okay so let me show you this old show i why you're talking on shit. mtv or did you enjoy Central. crank yakers or not it was funny yes, exactly I so i say that to say I can understand a good catching someone off guard. What I don't like is when people are like on the street in someone's physical space trying to play jokes and pranks. Like that's just not funny to me because like, and and nowadays there are stories like pranksters get killed. Pranksters get choked. It's like, yeah, don't be, cause it's usually some little Logan Paul and friends, white boys just running around the neighborhood thinking they can like, hit people's mailboxes down and just like leave flaming shit on people's porch. And it's like, you can't do that shit anymore. Like you can't just roll up on people for likes and views. So I am team alien (laughs) when it comes to the book, the lesson. I said it. You want to take a quick break, Ben? (laughs) Okay. Today's episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast is sponsored by Rome Loud. RomeLoud.com. RomeLoud.com is a black girl business. They got leggings. They got joggers. They got my ever pet. They got the ever popular biker shorts that'll keep those thighs from rubbing together and chafing all summer long. If you'd like 15% off, be sure to go to RomeLoud.com and enter the promo code HOTMESS15. For 15% off, get comfy, navigate the world boldly, RomeLoud.com. The Sci-Fi Side Podcast wanted to take a hot minute to shout out our music producer, our music beats guy, Anthony Rideout. Anthony Rideout and his wife, Kelsey, are just dear friends of us. They played uh, in the cocktail band and us walking down the aisle in our wedding. So they mean so, so, so much to us. So it's so exciting for us to get to work with them in our future endeavors. So if you ever need any online classes, any beats, anything you need, check out anthonyrideoutmusic.com. Now let's get back to the show. All right, talking about overly violent aliens, sort of the big plot point of this is that there's this this little boy who thought it would be funny as a prank to throw a rock at an alien. Uh, lo and behold, the alien goes around, walks up to the little boy, and rips his arm out off, the, the, the arm that he uses to throw the rock at the alien. And the boy, you know, bleeds out and dies. And this sort of causes a lot of like anger and the boy's older brother is like, fuck aliens mm-hmm. and fuck anybody who works with aliens. And the whole town as well. 
Yeah, so... It, that felt very sort of uh, like the police brutality movements of right now. Like a little... Some of those scenes did. It did, a very yeah. Very Black Lives Matter, but like fan fiction. Not fan fiction. But you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, it was a commentary. Yes. On what's currently going on. But that did bring up this whole idea of like, does the punishment fit the crime type of thing? And I think these aliens, they are very... I mean, they're very... See, that's where you and I are disagreeing. Well, no, okay, so so there's all these conversations in which you cannot be a space-navigating society if you have violent tendencies of any sort, right? Because then that, would ju- that violence, even though it's turned on to humans, uh, that violence would also bleed in, into the fact of, like, turning on to other Ina. However, like, the greatest, like, Ina just simply do not kill other Ina. Okay. That's like a big plot point um, and, and a very, very important plot point because if an Ina were to ever kill another Ina, they would be the the most evil, wickedest Ina on all, ex- all of existence. And the main, you find out sort of towards the end of the book that the main purpose that Ina are on planet Earth is to find the, um, the fountain of youth, you could say, like to find everlasting life. And that's their main purpose. And the lesson that you find out at the end of the book is that to teach all other uh, organisms that the Eno will do whatever is necessary to support and love other Ina. They are only about themselves. That's the lesson. And therefore, if you ever hurt an Ina or even, you know, inconvenience an Ina, they will fucking kill you. And maim you. But uh, it does bring up this great question of does the punishment fit the crime? Because a lot of the a lot of the transgressions that are Is that Gucci sleeping? Mm-hmm. Sounds <laughs> I, I thought it sounded like you for a second. No, I'm literally looking you dead in your eye. Like I know. nodding. So I maybe it was like you maybe you were one of those um ventriloquists who were snoring from deep within your throat. Yeah. yeah. Amber's a loud snorer. You can hear her okay. snores on TikTok. How you can. Fuck? And see, this is why and, I rock with the Ina. And if you're our neighbors, this you can is, also hear hear her snore. This is why I rock with the Ina. Above, because they just be sitting there minding their own fucking business. They do mind their own and business. And then they get dragged into some bullshit, and then they got to they gotta kill well, your ass. Yeah, kill you. I but, rock with that energy. Personally. You do. I do. I mean, so... so well, I'm just okay. not, you know, I get my ass beat <laughs> if I did what they did. But yeah, the only problem is that this idea of punishment, the idea you do something or, you know, uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Right. And that is not sustainable. It, it's, it's also not, very human. It, I, I agree with you there. An eye for an eye is not sustainable. And it's also really hard when this territory was completely inhabited by uvi and then uh, not uvi i was university of virgin Island. it's it's hard when this territory was completely inhabited by a group of people indigenous to the vi or indigenous to the u.s and then this completely new group comes in and doesn't want to um create harmony between who's there and who's not they're just like oh we're just gonna colonize and move our shit in and not and we're gonna leave y'all the fuck alone um and do our own thing so it's tricky because it's like there's no there, there's no dialogue saying like, as a different species, we do not have 
the wherewithal or know-how about like how to interact with y'all. Like we only know if we are threatened, we will kill. And so because there's that lack of like, what are your cultures? What are my cultures? How can we live together? It ends up in complete and utter chaos. Well, that's sort of the fascinating thing about the Ina is that, listen, like white humans and black humans and brown humans, we're all still humans, but we still create intense forms of tribes. Like even Democrats and and Republicans, like they talk about each other as if they're not humans in many yeah. ways they dehumanize them or say you're not the same organism mm-hmm. where the ina have learned to evolve to such an extent that other ina no matter what your physical capabilities or your the difference in your physical structures you are still an ina no matter what like it, you remain an ina and that's why there's um so in the book there's like some conflict between like basically the two main characters. So there's Mira, who is the Ina ambassador, who is trying to sort of come to compromises, but she knows her people. She knows like they are always on that gangster shit. Like I'm trying to harmonize. I'm trying to go nice. get drinks with the humans, and I'm I'm wearing the human skin suit, but I know my people. And then there's Derek, who's a human being who is always um. Ben was saying earlier that this character has like Battlestar Galactica, different cool sci-fi things on his walls. He's always been, you know, that kid that's like, there's more out there. There's more than just us um, on this rock that is planet Earth. And so Derek and Mira sort of come together in in a, a love connection, but also like a working relationship and try to understand both sides. But Derek is definitely like, I'm interested. I want to work with these aliens. I want to do the research. That's kind of sort of like a you know, like a common trope in a lot of sci-fi stories and films and things like that. So uh, it's it's a nice harmony. But the, the thing that is so great about Cadwell Turnbull as an author is that this book ain't going anywhere near where you think it's going. Like, that's the power in it. Like, you think this is going like, oh, this is going to be like The Shape of Water or, you know, any story where we've seen like an alien species and a person fall in love or... I don't know, E.T., not fall in love, but just like create some sort of camaraderie with it. But um, that does not happen, Ben. There is a huge point in the movie where the, the the, uh, sorry, there's a huge point in the book where uh, the Ina people are like harm is done against one of the Ina. Uh, You know, we won't go into all the, the major details, but harm is done to a person in the Ina community. Like one of the Ina aliens are killed and they went ape shit (laughs) I I wish I had like better vocabulary today but the Ina decides to wait for it kill every man on the fucking island (laughs) spoiler alert yeah we did we said one at the beginning and they did that shit even the main character is a man who did nothing but like you know, love and want to support and research the Ina and his ass got killed too. By, by humans though. By humans. Yeah. Yeah. Because sorry, because all the humans are trying to get off. And so there's a confrontation where Derek has access to a Jeep. He also has access to, because Mara has given him this certain kind of like spit that he could drink that will oh, keep God. him. Those scenes were not the tea. It's yeah, like, yeah. But it gave them like gills and powers and stuff. Yeah. Basically it allows you to be, uh, because the Ina have created some sort of like toxin that starts killing all the men. So if an Ina can't kill an, a man individually, 
all the men are like start drowning and vomiting and dying because of this toxin that they've somehow released into the air. And so if you drink part of these, um, uh, you know, this spit from another Ina that can sort of protect you. And so Derek has access to this and humans see that he has access and they try to, these other humans try to get onto Derek's car to leave the island confrontation ensued and Derek is not killed by Nina, but killed by his own human. It sort of becomes this good commentary. It's like, what is actually more dangerous, like the Ina or the humans, right? And I think we're, the humans in this really see the Ina as scary creatures. You can't really do anything about them. But ultimately, like in every single story, the humans just seem to be the, the major problem. But I think they do a good job of showing the Ina as being like incredibly selfish creatures, yeah, but the massacre of men, uh, which I definitely want to talk more about, felt, um, I don't know, I don't want to say like poetic justice or anything, but most of the uh, egregious or heinous acts in the book were done by men. So the massacre of like. I can see the alien brain being like, who's causing all the problems? Not the ladies, the men. (laughs) So can can we talk about, I mean, how how did you, were you pressed when every man on the island was killed? Because if this happened Uh, here, you'd be killed. I know, right? I mean, there's quite a few science fiction stories that sort of deal with this. Why the Last Man It's a comic book series. Mm. Uh, Ammonite deals with a, a planet in which there's a certain virus that kills anybody with a Y chromosome. Mm. Um, there's yeah there's a lot so this of this has been done yeah this has been done yeah. I, I think what felt surprising by this was it was so logical for the Ina to put this step to kill all the men when a man went and shot and killed an Ina because the Ina are basically impenetrable they have these like incredibly hard human shells but they are um, vulnerable in their eyes and so to kill an Ina is like the major most transgressive shit you could ever do and so they're like we need to teach them the lesson when you harm one of ours we take everything from yours it's a very like cop mentality like cops do Mm -hmm. that type of shit like cops you know you kill a cop and literally, cops will like go and like beat up your family, harass your family. Yeah, but cops do that shit when you don't do that. Yeah, like provoked and unprovoked, they yeah. they try to do that. So I, I don't fair. like you d- comparing my my Ina to cops. I don't think that Ina as a society is written to be sympathetic. They're not, which is why you still I've, like them. Why would why would I not sympathize with a character not written to be sympathetic? Oh. I'm not written to be sympathetic. I see what you're doing. What yeah. do you mean what I'm doing? I know. I see what you're you're making the comparison. The Yina feels like black folk, right? Which is what you said. Yeah, it, I it's, see it's, that. It's, a, it's kind of both. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like, because they don't in the, like, colonizing the island way, but they do in a couple other ways. Going back to the shittiness of men... Um, I was I was laughing about uh, earlier today. Ben and I were talking about this, and I had a moment where, because you know, Titanic is like one of my favorite movies. It I, like it, it any given day if I'm feeling shitty, I'm like, Ben, can we watch Titanic? He's like, this is like a three hour commitment. I'm like, so. But one of the funniest parts about Titanic, it's not funny. It's not sorry. You're looking at me like, whoa. 
a we s- just have different kind of humor than both of us. I think it's funny. You don't think Tell- it's funny? I think that it's funny. Kathy Bates, who is like the unsinkable Molly Brown. So at one point on the Titanic, if you haven't seen it, there's this part where like they have these lifeboats, right? And on the Titanic, they're telling all of the women and the children to get into the lifeboats. And they're not really doing a great job filling up the lifeboats, but like some of them go out to sea. And at one point, Molly Brown, this is not funny. I'm just, uh, I have a horrible sense of humor. And uh, Molly Brown's like, we ha- we have to go back for the men. Like, what's the matter with y'all? It's your men out there. And everybody on the boat's like, <laughs> like, fuck them. <laughs> or we saw this like really funny TikTok earlier today where this woman, it's supposed to probably be like, World War Two is circa World War Two, And this woman's like dancing and excited. And she's, it's like, the caption is like, when your abusive husband gets lost at war or something. I just, I. And she's like doing a praise dance. Yeah, it's funny because it's funny. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah. I, mean, I, I enjoyed the massacre of men. My bad. Even you enjoyed the massacre of men. It was like, I mean, yeah, stop being like aggressive and toxic and just like that one kid literally like just picked up a stick and just hit this alien woman over the head like she was just like i, I thought it was a rock it was a stick okay. it was a stick it's just okay. like she was just walking with her groceries it's like what the fuck is wrong with you children like no you you don't do that to anything whether you think it's human or not you don't walk up to a bear and hit it in the head or or all of these freaking videos that go viral all the time it's like woman jumps into tank at sea world man jumps into <laughs> lion's den at whatever it's like leave these creatures the fuck alone yeah no i i hear what you're saying that i the massacre of men the way it's written is real it's heightened it's scary it's intense and one of the characters i do like jackson he is a school teacher mm-hmm. he's a professor yep yeah uh and now he's become a professor he used to be a high school school teacher Correct. and so there's always a soft spot in in my heart for him so i'm really glad that he was able he was like one of the few characters to get off the island. But as he's getting off, there's a scene in which the toxins, he was able to get some of the the, the anti-venom or whatever toxin. So he wasn't aff- affected. But as he's getting off the island, literally like men are like falling and killing over. It's, ri- it's written to be terrifying. Yeah, um, it's like a so, battle scene. Yeah. So what were your thoughts about, uh, going back to Jackson, Jackson is a really interesting character in the book i'm not sure even how he's written to be likable sometimes unlikable the next so he is a dad to patrice um and patrice and Derek are childhood friends patrice later grows off to college Derek grows up as well so jackson at first has uh, this wife named aubrey i think and jackson's sort of not a super present husband at all and eventually aubrey finds a, a woman and wants to start her life with this woman and then this is on the smaller island. But also Jackson at one point starts. Uh, Alice is the, the other woman. Alice yeah. is the other woman. Yes. But also at one point, do you remember like Jackson sort of started like talking to one of his former students? Yeah. You didn't think that like, did you, how did that make you feel about Jackson as a, uh, a character in the story? I think his student had grown up, but it was still kind of sleazy. Cause yeah. She, cause she he was, was like, working. She was in a grad school program. Yeah. He was. So he is a, an English professor or an, used to be creative writing teacher. 
for high schoolers for high schoolers at first so there's sort of this dynamic of like you used to grade my teacher my papers all the time this is like coming from the girl who's pursuing him the student and then now that she's grown up not by much it like that's still your former teacher uh she'll still as a writer send him stuff and, and try to pose it and like I, I would love your feedback over this or whatever and then there was a time where they were sort of like texting sexually or something yeah it got, lisa, it got sticky. i think lisa was the student's name i think it's written in such a way that you're not i mean people are going to cast their judgments but i don't think Cadwell is making a judgment as the writer i think he's okay. telling a pretty complex story and a pretty complex relationship between um you know alice coming in and being with aubrey uh jackson trying you know communicating with lisa because he he you know lisa's in grad school and would send um uh, jackson her stories that she was working on so they had a friendship it but it was a budding friendship she's you know older you know in her mid-20s is it, is it okay for someone in their mid-20s to date someone who's like you know, pushing 50, like uh, it gets into a level of like complexity. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, I think that's and, fine, but when they used to be your former student yeah, in it, high school, it's just, <laughs> I don't, I'm not crazy about Parks and Rec. Uh, I'm Well, in sh- comedy shows in general. Oh, fuck you. But there's this really funny so scene so where, uh, who, who plays Agatha? What's her name? Agatha. It was Agatha all oh, along. Oh, Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn shows up <laughs> in Parks and Rec. Yeah. And there's this she's line like where she's politician yeah, yeah and she's like and i went back to eagleton and fucked my high school teacher it wasn't even that good but there's like a whole bit of her of like <laughs> real you know you know girls growing up but like having Is a crush Catherine Hahn in that show i feel like it was somebody else really oh i see Catherine Hahn. are we looking this up we should probably look this up amber again we've told people before do not come here for the news <laughs> we we do not do this for the news uh, yeah, I feel like it dealt with complex um, relationships. It also shows like people have changing sexualities or or budding sexualities even as adults. It's it's done really fucking well. I stand corrected, Parker Posey. It does feel like a, a <laughs> Catherine Hodd was so play well, that could play that character she, right. She okay. probably would have been Whoops. cast well. So. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Also, uh, Jackson's daughter Patrice. Uh, her storyline is really really like intimate. And that's what Cadwell Turnbull does really well is he writes, you know, these like large, you know, stories of alien invasion, but he centers them around like individual and interpersonal relationships. And a really great scene is something I really connected with is that Patrice is given like these books on like different mythologies and the VI being like very traditionally Christian uh, due to slavery. it sort of challenges her Christian beliefs and you Ooh. follow her. Let's talk about her, that. Yeah. Her, her going through that. But it took like her reading other myths to, uh, you know, come into that awakening. And Derek, uh, the friend that gives it to her, um, is sort of, you know, sort of pushes her in that direction. So, yeah, what, what did you think? Yeah, that's so... It's so interesting because you remember we had that talk with Nisi Shaw. We always go back to that about when we asked Nisi about how do you find this harmony between religion and science and all the things and how Nisi was saying it's never been in competition with each other, but it's so it's fascinating that we do keep finding it. Like, like there are stories where we find it working together like in Eve's Bayou. And then there are stories like this one where we find them sort of one versus the other. Um, 
And I think it's, I, I like that it's a part of the story as it being one versus the other, only because like, that's the reality that we live in. Because I remember, you know, learning about things and going to church and then going to school and learning about the dinosaurs. And I remember those things conflicting and thinking to myself, like, which one of these is true or which one of these should I believe? And there's this really interesting scene in the book where a very religious grandmother, her name's Henrietta, uh, she starts as religious and then one day she's like really sick. I think she has like stage four cancer or something. And she goes to one of these Ina aliens and is cured. Uh, because because she's given some of their magic or potions. No, or something. no, she chooses not to. No, she goes there, Ben, and she gets cured. What? I thought she chooses not to. No, she goes, gets cured, and then later is like thinking to herself. She, later is is not being anti-religious, but she is definitely, uh, you know, toning down how much she believes in religion. Okay, quick clarification. Henrietta is the name of Derek's grandma. Mm -hmm. At one point in the story, we were taken to a time where young grandma Henrietta was 13 and Henrietta's mother was sick with some sort of disease, a cancer or something. And she went to this sort of like witch doctor in the town and took this. He was secretly an Ina. An Ina. Yes. So I I apologize. I was speaking about Henrietta's mother. So it's interesting when those older matriarchs in the family start making those, you know, pivots from being super religious to not super religious, um, because I think we all have our religious grandmothers. And uh, Henrietta, who was 13 at the time, decided not to take the potion. And then later that Henrietta, that grandmother is very religious. And I think also Cadwell did a great job of uh, sort of talking about how religious, how much religion is in the the Caribbean, the West Indies, in the VI, uh, in this story. He did a great job because I have all of my friends who are Caribbean have very, very, very religious grandparents. And so he made that dynamic work in this story. Yeah. What And what was really compelling is that Henrietta chooses not to take any scientific medication mm-hmm. because she's deciding to trust in God. And the reason she like trusts in religion is because she saw her mom trust in a witch doctor or like a religious leader. But this religious leader was actually using science under the guise of religion and it becomes this like really fascinating like take on i think anti-vaxxers of today like i just can't stand it when people refuse to accept medical help or medic or medicine because of a religious belief they think you know a Mm. vaccine is going to turn you into a a gay person or a vaccine is going to you know gonna i don't know do something or i'm i'm gonna i broke my arm but i'm gonna pray that god sets my bones instead of going and getting a cast like people do this shit all the time or like i have cancer so i'm not going i'm gonna do like the quicksilver and stuff yeah and i think there's like i think one i think it's complicated i think reading this where henrietta is very much refusing to like take a sure cure for her cancer because she is so anti-alien like that's yeah. that's the reason Henrietta does it. I was like, this is, and that's the reason Henrietta dies. dies. She yeah. dies, and she's not in in the story at the end. She doesn't get to meet, you know, like 
the next generation. It just it made yeah. me so fr- and people do this shit. They it's do, annoying. but there's a level of like I don't know. When it comes to people in their singular body, like I'm not pressed about that decision. Kind of. Yeah, but we're I think a big part of this book is we're not singular bodies. We're, we're not. Part of we're communities, not. You're right? correct, but it's it's hard because I I've known those family members that refuse to go to dialysis and the things, and it's just like I don't know. Maybe they're ready to go. Like you know, but it's 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 hard when it's like I'm not getting this vaccine and none of my kids are either. That's when it's harder for me because I'm like, this is bigger than you now, but. When there's like an ailing, you know, there was this one episode of 600 Pound Life, which you always roll your eyes at. But there's this one woman on there. Doing it now. uh, This one woman uh, on an episode in the past where she was like, Dr. Now, I give up. Like, I like chicken is just so good. Like, I'd rather eat this chicken, be happy and die. And sadly, she did pass away. And then there's a level of like, I mean, turn up. (laughs) Like, life is fucking hard. And it, it it sucks, but if you're in this position where you feel like you're living a hell on earth, like, like Ben, you talk all the time about how you think, um, I don't know, assisted suicide is something that people should think and think a little bit more about. So this is kind of, for me, well, just like another form of that. It's like, yeah. okay. I, I would differentiate between a, a sure cure and, and you're rebelling against the science for a religious belief. I think that's very different than, say, you suffering from Alzheimer's in which there is no cure, in which there is mm, no, and so you're losing your okay. ability to to process and think and to make connections with other humans. Uh, that's something very different. And I'm referring spe- uh, specifically to the work that Terry Pratchett has done on assisted suicide. If yes, you just yes. literally look up Terry Pratchett, assisted suicide, I can put in some articles. Uh, he's one of my favorite fantasy authors. But towards the end of his life, when he was struggling with Alzheimer's, he really, you know, was a proponent for assisted suicide. I think that's very, very different. Um, than somebody on 600 pound life saying like I'm not strong enough I have a like uh, I eat this food because of mental triggers and trauma and I just can't do it anymore I think that's also different because there you're talking about addiction right which is different here I'm talking very specifically the case in which someone has a religious belief that that they say propels them not to practice healthy medicine and also enforcing it on children where there are certain religions right that nisi shaw has brought up that are not in conflict with science actually they're they complement each other correct uh and you know whether um you know our i you know our friends um who are uh um practice uh, jainism Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't have a conflict between you know science and religion when it when because it's one of the atheistic religions. Uh, you can type in atheistic religions. Really, really fascinating and, and important stuff to know. Uh, and so I think it really depends what religion you have. But specifically in Christianity, especially Western Christianity, a Western Christianity that was forced on stolen Africans who were brought to the VI, and now they are rejecting science. I think. That makes me very angry for yeah. historical and social reasons, uh, not to make it too 
too deep because we're supposed to be a funny podcast, Amber. Say well, you don't funny. want that. You want us to be the Geeks Okay, yeah. Okay, I love Geeks Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> you want to get into the size real quick? Yo, I don't have any fucking... <laughs> this book I was, was the shit! It's, and it's so short. Like, I mean, I love short novels. I love novellas. Um, but short novels are even my favorite because it makes you feel like you're reading a whole ass book. Uh, where I novellas... used to think novellas were just books written by women. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, it makes sense. at me on the mic. I'm sorry. It's it's funny because <laughs> I can, that's reasonable and also a thought that I once had. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Man, this book is incredible. This this novella written by a man is very, novel. Very, it's a novel. It's, it's a novel? It's technically a novel, but it's a, a shorter novel. A novel is what, under 200 pages? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I no, I think I there there is an answer to that, but again... Do not come here for the news. Uh, we'll 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 look that up. We'll talk about that next episode. But um, this book was so good, I couldn't put it down. I think somebody even tagged Cadwell uh, on TikTok to say like, "Yo, they're reading your book," or Instagram, Instagram. or Instagram, something yeah. like that. I hope he sees it. I would love to talk to him one day. Yeah, that would be pretty great. I'm. We should just reach out. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Anyway, Ben, why don't you warp up the show? In conclusion, this is one of the best novels I think that we have read, Amber. Uh, the Deep is still oh, yeah, on my the, high list, the but this is a very close second. Yeah. I love, if you write about black people in Aqua, I, I'm, I'm halfway there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there is an economy to the story, a groundness in history, and an u- uniqueness to the aliens, both sociologically and physically. Read this book, y'all. Definitely buy it. Buy it from a local bookstore as well. Peace. Oh, oh, you're a person that says peace now. Right. And if that peace involves ripping the arms of a stick-wielding child, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next week for episode 47, we will be interviewing y'all, Nalo Hopkinson on her work continuing the Sandman series. So we're going to be reading comic books, okay? House of Whispers. This is essentially a spinoff from Neil Gaiman's The Sandman series. So just to give you a little context, Nalo Hopkinson is the winner of the John W. Campbell Award, the Sunburst Award, and the World Fantasy Award, among several others. Nalo is lauded as one of our most inventive and brilliant writers. We are ecstatic and privileged to have her on the show. So be sure to read House of Whispers, Volume 1, 2, and 3, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.